Boss Lady is sponsored by Fraser & Dieter, a top 50 accounting and advisory firm that has been repeatedly named a best firm for women in leadership. Fraser & Dieter is proud to support programming for women executives and entrepreneurs. Learn more at fd.cpa. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Hey Boss Lady. I'm Christy Atwater. And I'm Andrea Gigline. Our guest today is Missy Munoz, leader of environmental, social, and governance services at Fraser Dieter. Spoiler alert, one of our fabulous sponsors. Yay. Christy, why don't you start by talking about what exactly is ESG? So what ESG is, is it's environmental, social, and governance. And it's what a lot of companies, public companies, are having to report on. And what it happened was companies were reporting on that uh, from a marketing perspective, what they were doing for the environment, what they were doing from a social perspective, as far as diversity and so forth, and from a governance perspective. But then it came to light that some companies were maybe inflating that or not reporting correctly. <laughs> and so that- Wanted to look good to the public? Yes, <laughs> and so now the SEC has gotten involved and the demand of investors to wanting to know where companies stand from an environmental, social, and governance perspective is also kind of an interesting thing that's changing. Investors are demanding that, and so companies are having to report on it. And they're also demanding that it's accurate. So maybe we should introduce okay, Missy. So I'm gonna, wait, wait, wait. I'm going to give you the street version of what I think I just heard. <laughs> what I think I just heard is that you're trying to tell me that corporations, just maybe, like to put on a face as social and environmental things change, and now we're calling them accountable at a higher level to truly be authentic. Is that close to what you're saying, Christy? A little bit, because I would say some companies really didn't want to report on it at all. But because of... <laughs> so it was even worse than I thought. Yeah, because <laughs> some companies, you know, were, are being forced to because of the investing, the investors have changed now over time. You know, millennials and Gen Z, they put their money where their values are, which is different than right. actually, I have to admit, sadly, I grew up doing like I, you hey. know... Now I, I'm in a better spot re where I think about stuff like that. I'm not that. making excuses for me. And, you know, I really think we've come to the point where we just have to stop trying to get the world to understand what Missy really does. And Missy, if you would introduce yourself, welcome. So, hello, thank you. Um, so I've had a, a little bit of an interesting path. I started as a practicing architect um, did all my career as an architect working in every kind of housing that you could think of and found myself towards the end of my career really at a point where I knew better, if, if you can understand that. I knew better about the impacts of architecture and building construction on the environment and on society. And for me, it became uh, an ethical dilemma, if you will. Really? Um, where once you know too much, you cannot continue business as usual. So while I was struggling at the end of my career, it just so happened that the economy and the housing industry tanked in 2008. Mm -hmm. And for me, 
probably one of the only people out there who'll say this. For me, it was an opportunity to uh, diversify. I also found myself with no skills other than drawing pictures for a living. <laughs> so I decided I needed um, more skills, different skills, and I wanted to marry my personal and professional ethics and do something that could make a difference because I knew um, I knew better. Um, and one thing I want to add as well to what you've already talked about is it's actually not a new thing. Mm -hmm. um, environmental, ESG and sustainability, it's had a bunch of different uh, labels over the years. Right now, absolutely, it's called ESG and the pressures are coming mostly from investors at this point and some legislation as well is a big thing. But sustainability in and of itself really started about 50 years ago. And oh. it started with the regulatory movement and with air and water pollution when the Cuyahoga River in 1969 was on mm -hmm. fire because it was so polluted. And also at a time when there were hundreds of people in New York that were dying from smog. And that mm -hmm. helped to necessitate the EPA. And that was really kind of one of the starters of the whole environmental and sustainability movement, which started mostly as environmental and has now grown to encapsulating the three different buckets, environmental, social, and governance. So Missy, I want you, you know, to go I, back a little bit because you were talking, you said that there was something that happened in your career or that you noticed that it was like an ethical dilemma and you, you felt like you couldn't continue forward. Can you give an example of what what that was because you talked about it as it relates to architecture and i'm like huh what is that so for me it was i don't know if you guys have ever heard of this but there was two decades ago there was instances of what's called sick building syndrome mm -hmm. brand new buildings sparkly shiny buildings that people would go to work in and they were just getting sick they were getting sick because you go into a brand new building with all of these new materials and the carpeting, the paint, the whatever, they were off-gassing chemicals and they were getting people sick. And then add to the to that, you know, if you're, it's a stick-built building, you're clear-cutting forests to, you know, have your supplies and you might potentially not be replacing those trees. So if you think long-term, if that was business as usual, there would eventually be no stick-built buildings because there's no sticks to build the buildings. So it's really kind of considering all of that stuff. And, and I tend to be a long-term thinker, which my wife hates. Um, she wants to think about the here and now sometimes, but uh -huh. I, I always try to think longer term and think about what the consequences of my decisions are. And that's where the ethical dilemma was for me. I knew that what I was doing in business as usual was that point of there are a lot of consequences to what I'm doing. And I just, I couldn't, I was really, really struggling with that. And, and it was also um, the year I graduated from high school in 1987, the UN commissioned a report. They wanted to know what the most impactful environmental issues were. And they commissioned this report, and what it ended up being was that they found that environmental issues could not be separated from social issues, could not be separated from financial issues. 
So that's where the three pillars or uh, the triple bottom line or ESG, that's where it came from right. because there right. is a recognition that these issues are intertwined. You know, I'm really appreciating this because, you know, as Christy was, I kind of cut her off when she was about to say, you know, the things that she thinks that she knows that she evolved. And I'm going to tell you, I was ahead of her and there wasn't an evolved bone in my body. And I actually worked my uh, worked the very first company, big, big company that I worked for who paid for my education was actually the company responsible for something known as the Love Canal. And wow. I didn't know okay, that. so I remembered those aspects and coming up and questioning and actually questioning that people weren't being truthful that the no, 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 these things the companies are doing is really not causing the problem. Don't you understand that we need to have the companies so people have jobs? And what you're saying to us is there comes a point when you recognize you could actually have it all. And that is absolutely. how the future of work has to be. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it. you're right. It started as that, you know, it's an either or, but what everything has now been proving over years and through studies, et cetera, et cetera, that doing and focusing on environmental, social, and governance issues it's really about just good business. Correct. And if you do it correctly and you tie it to your corporate stat strategy, no matter how big your business is, could be a mom and pop shop, it mm -hmm. could be a, uh, a publicly traded company. If it's just good business, you're going to be able to do all of the things you need to do, support your employees, support yourself, and not destroy the environment for future generations. I'm what wondering, Missy, do you think corporations have fully embraced that and fully believe that now? Or do you think that it's more of a trying to market themselves or just trying to check the box? What's your thought on that? I've seen both. And mm -hmm. I can say that there are both types of companies out there that I have worked for. And the ones that are most frustrating, obviously, for me, are the ones that are doing it very much as a check the box. So the great thing about the evolution and what's happening right now is that there are pressures coming from investors, there are pressures coming from the EU and from the SEC in the United States that are making companies now build out and show the proof of mm. what they're doing is actually saying, is actually doing what they're saying they're doing. Mm -hmm. So wow. it's no longer about greenwashing because there's already been companies that have gotten smacked down by the SEC for not following through on claims that they say that they're, that they're doing. I'm, we're saving this, we're doing this. And the <laughs> SEC is, no, you're not, no, you're not. So, and I think it's fantastic. And I, and that's one of the big things that frustrated me for a really long time because ESG has historically been um, all voluntary disclosures. And that's where it gets really frustrating because I start to, to, to work with a company that I find out eventually that they're just trying to do a check the box exercise and they're starting to do claims like, you know, we're so sustainable because we sustain and, and we hug trees. 
It's like, right. what does that mean? <laughs> There's nothing to that. So it's it's now because of legislation and because of investor pressures, companies are really having to prove that what they're saying they're doing, they're doing. And with legislation, it's coming in some really interesting forms. Like this year, at the beginning of this year, in March of this year, the SEC proposed two brand new rules, one on climate change and emissions, and a second one on cybersecurity. Both of those fall in ESG buckets. That's fantastic. So they're now being required to provide more information on both of those issues. And those, interestingly enough, come on the heels of other rules that happened in 2020 and 2021. And those are providing more information about human capital management. So talking more about your diversity and and what you're doing to attract and retain talent. And then a second one, which I love the most, is about board diversity. So the SEC is now requiring companies to have at least two directors who are diverse members. And part of that is women. Yay. And there's so much Yay. evidence that when women are included on boards, businesses do better and society does better. Yeah. You know, that's what I, I heard from you very clearly about. And, and to me, it's, again, I, I'm an observer. You guys work for the big companies, and I stand on the outside um, studying it. And one of the things that I keep appreciating is that no matter how painful all of the various social changes, environmental changes that were being required to make, the changes in the boardroom, there's actually, they keep proving out that it is a better model. And that's, I really appreciate that. And Chrissy, I know you're pretty happy that the board part is in there. Yeah, I mean, because that's something that, you know, that's a goal of mine is to be on a public board. And so um, companies realizing that more women who actually have been in the boardroom like myself, um, it makes sense to include them as board members. Um, Not to mention, like, women are the biggest buying powers. Just like, (laughs) (laughs) just like, you know, one of the things that I think is changing or or forcing kind of the ESG thing is the investors are millennials and Gen Z. They're starting to be the the largest investing pool. And they grew up or at least my friends who are who some of them are millennials or Gen Zers. For me, it was always kind of a nice to have to have it be, oh, they're helping out the environment or whatever. But they Mm -hmm. actually bring up to me, if I bring up a product, they'll be like, well, you know, they're for this or they're for that. And they really do their research and they will not purchase a product that they are that they are in disagreement with how the company handles themselves. And I'm going to tell you, I'll even take it a step further where you said that, oh, that's a nice thing. That's a nice thing for them to do. I can take my brain back to the 70s and 80s when the term tree hugger actually came up and corporations were so fighting all of the regulations. And I'm not a fan of massive regulation. I'm going to admit that. But I will also admit that I couldn't believe they were wasting money on stuff like that. Now, 
I will chew every one of those words today, but I know that that's who I was then for sure. It's on that note, we need to take just a short break. And when we come back, we'll pick it up from this evolution of altruism and how you, Missy, and Fraser Dieter are helping bring this forward. This is Hey Boss Lady, our podcast about women leaders making change. In season three, we're going to meet some great guests. One of them is Xian Song, a young entrepreneur who's a leader of a mobility company trying to transform the way we use public buses. You know, this idea of the vehicle as a vehicle for change, right? Yes. Um, mm -hmm. And one in which there's just so many nice metaphors that mm -hmm. come to mind. And, and that's why the company is named Rally, and that right. we are always rallying together to go somewhere together, to go farther together than we could go alone. Her company, Rally, had a big moment with the massive women's march after Donald Trump was elected president in 2016. They helped mobilize more than 50,000 people to get to that event. The company is really on a roll now, pardon the pun. It's about to go public, but Xi'an has bigger goals than the bottom line. We'll hear her story on Hey Boss Lady. Please join us. We're back. Andrea and I are talking with Missy Munoz, leader of environmental, social, and governance services at Fraser and Dieter. And we're just talking about how companies are handling this ESG and are they believing that this is really making a difference and really kind of helpful regulations and requirements from investors. Missy, do you have any facts about this or anything to help uh, open everyone's eyes? Absolutely. So again, ESG is about just good business sense. And increasingly, it's super evident that what's good for women is good for business and society. So there are a couple of studies I wanted to point out. Um, first of all, you know, setting the stage by saying that women and girls make up roughly half of the global population, but board seats for women is just under 20% globally which is shocking if they're trying to meet this consumer where they are. So a study published by the Harvard Business Review noted that, interestingly, female board members balance male overconfidence and curb excessive risk-taking, <laughs> which really means it's more positive impacts for the bottom line. Wow. Forbes hmm. noted that women are more caring and ethical and they help to decrease incidents of corporate fraud. And S&P Global found that companies with higher gender diversity on boards equates to more profitability overall, wow. which I think is fascinating. And it's everything that uh, I believe in. Yeah. It's also, there's also one kind of outside of board considerations. Nearly half of American women are primary breadwinners. Mm -hmm. And by 2030, women are projected to control two-thirds of all U.S. wealth. Yep. So wow. women and the financial power that women hold, and these women tend to follow ESG principles and values, they're going to be the wealth creators, and they're going to mm -hmm. be the wealth mobilizers, and they're going to be the ones that are passing wealth to the next generations. And I think that is amazing 
And that's why women and women in business should be more evident at the top of the food chain. You know, the whole concept of things, even the word altruistic, I have become very sensitive to because just as you've just given us all of those stats, the evidence is so darn strong that this is the best models that we can, in all these different areas where we go kicking and screaming, it's actually proving time and time again that it's the best place for us to be. You know, I personally have been so excited from the point at which you said, Missy, that it was your personal values, like you had a calling inside of you of how this rubs you wrong. And as we said at the top, you know, you're with Frazier Dieter, one of our fabulous sponsors, and you have the opportunity through them to not just do this role or create this role for a company. Tell us a little bit about how you do your job today and how that's all aligning for you. So I actually wasn't looking for this job when I got an offer that I couldn't refuse. First time that's ever truly been true for me. I got an <laughs> offer that I couldn't refuse from Fraser and Dieter, um, an accounting firm, that after I learned what the SDC was proposing for new regulations around climate change and putting more strict guidelines around it, the first thing that I thought of before I even knew who Fraser and Dieter was, that this is the huge opportunity that I've been waiting for because this is going to mean that ESG and sustainability needs to be more meaningful, credible, reliable, and decision useful. So I am super excited about being here. This is actually a new position at Fraser and Dieter. And what I am tasked with is expanding and building our services to become a truly holistic business advisory firm. And to do that, I'm, I'm leveraging the experience that I've had in-house inside of a company and then as a consultant over the last decade. So doing everything from uh, corporate writing corporate reports, working with investor relations, talking to investors, um, looking at programs, doing boots on the grounds initiatives. It's really about um, leveraging my experience to help public and private companies, because I've worked with both, establish, right. advance, and report on ESG in very strategic value-creating ways that turn ESG into what I just mentioned, meaningful, credible, and reliable information that can be used by any stakeholder, not just investors, but any stakeholder. You were talking about people wanting to make decisions on their buying. They want to they want to put their feet where their money is, mm -hmm, and right. they're not going to be buying X, Y, or Z if it doesn't meet their own um, ESG standards. So right. this is a way for those people to make decisions based on real information. Missy, I while you were doing all those statistics on the impact of you know having women in the boardroom, all those stats that you did, I had I wanted to almost stop you and say, this is what Hey Boss Lady is about. Now that more and more yep. women are in leadership, what is that going to mean for our future and our economy? Can you just even say some of those stats one more time just to bring it home even? <laughs> Absolutely. 
women in the boardroom, it's just good business hygiene and good business sense. And when women do well, society and culture does well. And just some examples are that female board members um, help to curb male overconfidence and risk-taking in the boardroom, which means more positive impacts to the bottom line for a company. It's about women who tend to be more caring and ethical, which has been proven by Forbes um, to help decrease the incidence of corporate fraud. And it's about more gender diversity in boardrooms that has been proven time and time and time again over the past decade that these companies, because of better decision-making with diversity on the board, and it's not just a group think, they tend to be more profitable overall. Missy, I will tell you, you know, we've traditionally closed shows over the years with, you know, what gives you hope. But this this year, we're really focusing on how the future works. And you've given us so much in that. So I want to take the question a little differently before we close and ask, knowing you're in a leading age job, what do you believe the future of work is like, particularly for women? That's a big question. I know. I know. Um, <laughs> the future of work, the future of work itself, completely changed during COVID. Mm-hmm. And one of those things with women that I think is amazing is there are now alternatives to showing up in the office every day, and you can balance your personal and your private life. I have a 10-year-old child, I am married, I can balance those things, I can go be part of his, uh, I can coach him his soccer team, which I'm doing. So mm-hmm. there's that aspect of it, but at the same time, going back, and this is where the balance I think is fantastic right now for the future, there is also that balance of the things that we talked about, about the positives for uh, society and for businesses. Mm-hmm. Women make up 50% of global population. And with that, I think it's really important to remember that women have collective power. Yes. And with collective power comes the possibility of huge societal and business change. And that is my hope for the future. And that is where I think women can be such an empowering part of the future of society, of future generations, and and everything that comes after us. Ah, that is so beautiful. I know that I am inspired. Me too. You know, I just want to thank you so much, Missy, for joining us. Missy Munoz is the leader of environmental, social, and governance services at Fraser Dieter. I'm Andrea Gigline. And I'm Christy Atwater. This is Hey Boss Lady. And if you like it, please share it with your friends and family. 